Welcome to the Creative Pen Podcast. I'm Joanna Penn, thriller author and creative entrepreneur, bringing you interviews, inspiration and information on writing, publishing options and marketing ideas for your book. You can find the episode show notes, your free author blueprint and lots more information at thecreativepen.com and that's pen with a double N. And here's the show. Hello creatives, I'm Joanna Penn and this is episode number 468 of the podcast. And first things first, happy new year. In fact, happy new decade. Can you believe it? 2020. I remember when I was um, 15 in 1990. And I remember thinking the year 2000 was this kind of crazy year and I couldn't even imagine being 25. (laughs) I never ever thought about 2020, but it is kind of crazy that we are here. So wishing you and your family much happiness and success in the year to come. And of course, hoping you achieve your writing, publishing and author entrepreneur goals. And if you want to get that book out this year, if there's something you've been thinking about, then surely now is the time, my creative friends. If not now, then when? Time is certainly passing ever faster. (laughs) So in today's show, I'm talking about Operation Evergreen which is my creative and business goals for 2020. So I do love the new year. It really is my favourite time. Uh, December, I just kind of get a little bit grumpy um, and I love it when the new year turns and I kick things up a notch, get new projects started, finish up anything left over from last year. And I have quite a lot left over. (laughs) But 2020 also feels special because it's the start of a new decade. And I'm truly excited about the opportunities ahead. I mean, obviously, there will always be challenges. That is life. Um, But there are lots of interesting things coming down the pipe. So in this episode, I'll share my goals for the year ahead in the hope that it will help you decide on how to shape your year. Number one, Operation Evergreen. So I'm 45 this year and the Creative Pen business and website have been the core of my last decade. I left my consulting job in 2011, so the business has made it through the tough initial years to a point of maturation. It's time to take things to the next level, as well as make sure the fundamentals remain intact so the business can continue successfully. After a decade in any career, and of course I started writing in 2006 um, and it took that first five years before I was able to leave my job, but after a decade in any career, things can stagnate. So you have to change things up. You have to also set things in place for long-term success so you can see options for the future. Like any job, you have to put money away and invest and make sure you have choices because change is inevitable. And, you know, I love writing books. I certainly intend to be doing this for a long time, but I also want to make sure I can choose what I want to do um, in my future. I don't ever have to be, um, I don't ever want to have to write in order, you know, to desperately pay a bill. Um, So I'm definitely focusing hardcore on investment at the moment. So many of the people I have met along the creative journey so far, in fact, most of them, (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you a bit more about that later as I'm going through the backlist of my website. I'm just finding 
most people are not doing this anymore. Uh, most websites have disappeared. Um, you know, so there are there are few of us, very few of us, still going after more than a decade. And most of us have multiple streams of income. You're not going to find well, any people, unless they're, you know, literary fiction won a prize, um, who just have one book, for example. So most of us have multiple streams of income. For some people, that means a day job. And the day job is fantastic to uh, help provide for your creative life. Uh, for others, it means a huge backlist of books spread across multiple genres. For me, it's certainly a backlist, but also making sure that no single company controls the income for my business. Um, obviously, team wide over here and team multiple streams of income. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm certainly diverse, uh, diversified even, <laughs> diversified in my income streams and also in my investments. Plus, I have an eye on the future in terms of what disruption lies ahead. I've managed to thrive in the last decade of upheaval to the indie author business model, which I talked about in the episode with Orna Ross a couple of episodes ago. And I intend to surf the wave rather than drown in it in the years to come. And I like using that metaphor. You'll notice I've used it a lot. I do. That is because I am very aware of the speed of change in many areas. And I want to make sure we carry on surfing. So that is why I've decided to make Operation Evergreen my main focus for 2020, because this kind of long term thinking brings a perspective to my day to day work and impacts what I choose to spend my time on. So I talk about this a lot in Productivity for Authors. It's mostly about choosing what is really important. So if I can ask a question to myself of everything I'm asked to do or am thinking of doing, is this does this feed into Operation Evergreen? Is this something I will look back on in a decade and feel that it is worthwhile doing? Um, so this is really important. So that is why the very first thing on my list is physical health uh, in terms of Evergreen even after improving my working practices over the last decade and co-writing The Healthy Writer, I still managed to end up with chronic pain in my shoulder in 2019. The result of 20 years hunched over a postural issue and I'm retraining my back muscles in order to avoid that pain happening again. I started working with a personal trainer twice a week and I'm now pain-free. So starting 2020 pain-free and uh, with a diet that reduces inflammation, so zero to very little amounts of sugar, um, low uh, glycemic index. I'm lifting weights and I love my workouts. So I am a strong woman in my mid 40s and getting stronger as I head to 45. So I'm really happy with these results, but it is the beginning of this new shift. Um, I want to be away from my desk a lot more, which can only be healthier for the long term. That glimpse of chronic pain really scared me and I will be making health my number one priority because it is the most evergreen thing I can focus on for long-term sustainability in both my creative work, in my life, in my happiness um, and, you know, all the stuff I'm reading about longevity and, um, you know, I want to be, be living and writing and creating in my 90s, but I want to be strong and well and not broken. <laughs> so, my 40, in my 40th 
45th year, I intend to be in the best physical shape of my life. I have booked to do the 100 kilometer race to the stones in July. And yes, I did it in 2016 and swore I'd never do it again. But it is a good test of strength and stamina. So my action is uh, continue with my two times weekly strength sessions as well as my walking, my yoga and train for the race to the stones and eat low GI to keep the inflammation down. So pain free and strong in 2020 uh, is is that. So that's the number one. Uh, another uh, evergreen practice is creativity. So that's obviously health. I, I moved creativity to number one and then in the end I was like, Do you know, the only way to be creatively evergreen is by being healthy. So, um, and the biggest impact on my creativity is, is pain and my health. And I know it's true for many writers and you, you might be listening, feeling like pain is the thing that stops you doing a lot. And so that's why I've put it first, but obviously second creativity. So evergreen creativity is all about filling the creative well. You can't keep outputting more and more stuff without filling the creative well. So also scheduling enough rest and recovery so you can keep producing for the long term. In the last decade, I've been close to burnout and I have never subscribed to the write fast, publish fast, get everything done super fast model, uh, preferring my multiple streams of income approach. So yeah, I've written a decent number of books. I'm 33, I think at the moment. Um, But that actually isn't fast compared to many indie authors. Um, but this is more suitable for my multi-passionate personality type. I don't like just doing one thing. So the action here is to schedule more time off. Block out time in my calendar for rest and holiday for its own sake, not just book research or work conferences and speaking. Um, and so I continue to have to learn this lesson over and over again. But I am uh, have blocked out some time in my calendar and uh, hopefully (laughs) we'll be able to do that more this year. Next on the list is Evergreen Financials. So when I left my job in 2011, I couldn't, and I took a massive pay cut um, from where I was as a uh, sort of six-figure consultant. I I took, I went down to about a fifth of my salary, I think it was. Uh, so I left my job in 2011 and I couldn't even see how I could make enough for us to live on, let alone have enough to invest in my future. But in 2015, Jonathan, my husband, joined the company as director of strategy. And one of the first things he said is, we have to pay into pensions uh, or superannuation, whatever you call it in your country, as well as other tax advantaged investments. Um, And I'm so grateful that he uh, made me focus on that. Um, Obviously, the various tools available for you will depend on your country. But we have SIPs, um, the self-invested pension funds over here, and ISAs in the UK. Uh, so we've been investing really steadily since 2015. And obviously when I had a day job and stuff, I had pensions back then, but there was definitely a period when I was not investing. Um, but this year I want to take investing up a notch. I intend to be writing for the next half of my life and never retire in the old sense, but I also want to make sure I have choices in the future. So my action is to consistently invest in my ISA and SIP every month and increase my monthly payments in 2020 by at least 10%. So obviously I'm not going to give you exact figures around this um, and your figures will be different anyway, but um, consistently investing for our future is, I think, uh, 
a really positive step in so many ways. And also it is an optimistic step. Um, I am a super optimistic person, you probably will have realised. And what I love about investing is what I'm doing at the moment is whenever I get overwhelmed by something or if I think, oh, I just, you know, I don't want to make that choice. So Amazon is actually a really good example. So I chose to, um, you know, when various people were choosing to go all in with KU, I said, no, I don't want to do that. But what I did do was buy shares in Amazon. (laughs) You know, and I love Amazon. I use Amazon. I'm an Amazon customer. I'm an Amazon author. um, And it's absolutely brilliant for authors. But I also and I believe in the future of the company, hence why I bought shares. But um, that's a good example of making a decision, but also wanting a piece of the upside. <laughs> uh, so if you want to learn about money and investing in 2020, I have made a recommended list of books and some podcasts at thecreativepen.com forward slash money books, uh, all one word. So thecreativepen.com forward slash money books. Um, and basically I've been reading these books over the last sort of 25 years um, and I've rounded up the ones that I think are super then evergreen for the creative pen website so <laughs> this is this is so overdue it's hilarious so basically for the last decade content marketing was about creating lots of great content text audio video around specific keywords in a niche so the the um the thinking was always that more content and more regular content um was better and obviously great content, so quality content, but more was better. But the Google BERT algorithm change in October 2019 made a clear shift. It is now about creating the best content to serve the search intent of the consumer. And it is a whole lot more granular with natural language processing. That was one of the main things with BERT. It kind of changed from just a couple of keywords to really, really long tail keywords and also search intent and um, really specific. So content needs to be highly specific and be the best answer to a search query in a certain context. So context, search intent, all this much more detailed uh, natural language processing because Google wants to give you the best answer. Also, with the rise of voice search, featured snippets will be more important, but people search differently with voice. So long tail keywords are changing. And also when we say search with voice, we don't just mean voice assistance. And this this is a big deal. Um, a lot of people will just search with voice on their phone. It doesn't just mean, uh, and I'm interacting with my phone a lot more with, with voice. So long tail keywords are changing because when you search as a, a, when you're typing, you you type differently than you do when you speak. So this is this is so significant. <laughs> so I've spent over a decade creating articles, video, and audio around keywords in the self-publishing niche, mainly as a natural extension to my own author journey, rather than concerted SEO or search engine optimization. But the BERT update impacted my traffic in October. It's the first time, seriously, like it's just over 10 years, it's just stepped up almost every month, more and more traffic. And then um, this update definitely impacted me. Now, this is not an update around quality. So my a lot of the updates have been around quality. This one isn't. This one is about the way people search. So um, and a lot of the recommendations I've been reading are very much around 
uh, surfacing the best content around specific questions. And to be fair, there are thousands, many thousands of posts and pages on the Creative Pen um, since I've been blogging and podcasting since 2008. And I have never done any cleanup. because I've never had to. So the site is pretty confusing. I mean, I have done a couple of, you know, minor changes. I have changed the design and put on some landing pages and things like that. But I've never overhauled uh, the whole site and archived things that are out of date and that type of thing. So it is time for an overhaul and a simplification of content so I can answer specific questions more quickly. So the podcast will remain the same structure. I'm not going to change that, although I will be doing some extra shows on specific questions over time. But I am doing a lot of work around cleaning up years of content in order to streamline the site and surface the content pages that answer questions. If you have an older site, I recommend checking out the content audit that Todd Tresseder talked about on Smart Passive Income podcast. And I'll link to this in the show notes. And also he has another one on kind of reverse engineering content as an author. So that's uh, really useful. But to be fair, this doesn't impact most people. There are very few authors out there who have a site as um, extensive as mine, to be honest. Um, I will also be doing a redesign at some point in 2020, um, but I will still be using Studio Press. Um, the Creative Pen will no longer accept guest posts uh, because I can't control the content so much. Um, although we will finish up the ones we have in the queue, so that will run until mid-year. So if you have already had one accepted, that will go through to mid-year. So I am future-proofing the Creative Pen, making it evergreen and also getting it ready for the rise and rise of voice search. Also simplifying so I can better serve the author community. And this overhaul is well overdue (laughs) as a lot of my older articles are out of date. And a lot of this, they're not, things aren't disappearing. I'm just removing them from the sitemap um, and getting them, uh, removing them from SEO index. So Google can't find them, although they'll still be accessible through my site. Uh, So the action is to finish the content audit I have started. I got to about the beginning of 2011 (laughs) before Christmas. So finish the content audit, finish the simplification and the redesign of the creative pen. And that is a pretty big action, to be honest. That's going to take a while, but I want to do that at the front end of 2020. So since most authors don't have sites as extensive and long running as mine, it won't make much difference. And if you're listening, Bert will probably not impact you unless you have over a decade of content and thousands of articles on your site. And, And also you have a business model that is based on search. Now, I get a lot of traffic, you know, huge amounts of traffic. Um, and uh, I do make money with affiliate income through that traffic and web and email signups and all of that. So I do have a business model that has, um, you know, is very not reliant. I mean, as I said, I have multiple streams of income, but I do um, like to get good traffic. <laughs> so um, don't worry about Bert for most of you. I just wanted to talk about it because I think it's a bigger issue than just Google. So it has made me be, it has made me be thinking. <laughs> it has made me think very carefully about what it means because over time, the Google, al- uh, sorry, the Amazon algorithm has followed Google. So we all know that Amazon is a search engine for people who want to buy stuff. And how people search on Amazon 
obviously follows how people search on Google. And if people start using voice search on Amazon, um, and also there's more and more products on Amazon every day in all categories, not just books. And inevitably, with the huge amounts of content, the Amazon algorithm changes all the time. So what this made me think is, what if Amazon changes their algorithm to reflect BERT? What if lots of content is no longer the most important thing? What if the algorithm changes so recency is less important and publishing more and faster is not the answer anymore? which is exactly what has changed with content marketing. What if people's search behaviour changes and Amazon finds a way to consider search intent, context and quality of the result? And when I say quality, I don't mean the quality of literature. I mean how it serves the customer. What impact would an Amazon BERT style change mean for indie authors? So I think this is a huge question and I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, Personally, I think it means overhauling content in the same way that I'm doing to make sure it is top quality and up to date as I'm doing with my backlist right now. Making sure customers have access to whatever format they prefer. Making it easy to navigate through the backlist with clear series linking back matter linking, that kind of thing, and updating blurbs to include more long tail descriptive keywords based on search intent. This is super difficult stuff. So I'm not sure what this looks like. Um, I don't think anyone is. And of course, I might be completely wrong on that. I just look at why Google has had to change things. And I figure that Amazon will need to do something similar because it has the same problem, which is more and more and more content every single day. And customers actually increasingly uh, unhappy with the way that, um, you know, ads are the things surfacing books as opposed to the search intent and the context. So I think this is really interesting stuff. Let me know what you think in the comments on the show notes, uh, because yeah, I'm thinking a lot about this. It's inevitable that we're going to see multiple algorithm changes in the 2020s. The question is, what will they um, value most? Okay, so that was Operation Evergreen, which is my kind of overarching thing for the year. And then um, I've separated my other things um, down. So number two is I create and maintain intellectual property assets. So Operation Evergreen is about practices in my daily creative life. But I also want to reframe my goals around self-definition. So um, as Seth Godin always says, people like us do things like this. So I create and maintain intellectual property assets. So yes, I'm an author, I'm a writer, I write books, but the mindset shift around this sentence is important. An intellectual property asset is intangible, so it might not exist in physical form like a house. And in fact, um, I was talking to Jonathan about this the other day around our audiobooks, even this podcast, right? This podcast doesn't exist in physical form. Um, I mean, I guess I can just put everything on a USB stick, (laughs) but... 
kind of crazy. And our audiobooks also now don't exist in physical form. So an intellectual property asset is intangible, but it produces value for the owner. Copyright is an intellectual property asset or copyright in our books is an intellectual property asset. So obviously under this category is the books I have in mind for 2020. So audio for authors, audiobooks, podcasting and voice technologies will be out 6th of March 2020 on pre-order right now. Uh, Map of the Impossible, Map Walker 3. I have uh, started the first draft, so that will be finished Q1 or at least Q2. (laughs) And then once I've got the third book, uh, because I'll have to do some updates to book one and two, little updates. Um, I'll also do a box set later in the year for the full trilogy. And um, I will be hiring a narrator for my um, audiobook. Uh, because audiobooks, because I will explain that a bit later on. Uh, Arcane 11, no working title as yet, but I have researched for the Portuguese empire. I kind of know what I'm doing. I just need to write that. How to write a novel. I do have 90,000 word draft. So I'd like to finish that. Um, also a non-fiction travel book under JF Penn to go on books and travel. Uh, again, I have thoughts on this, but nothing concrete. And in terms of maintenance of assets, I'm working through the backlist, getting them into formats, uh, audio for non-fiction, large print, hardback editions in terms of maintaining uh, and updating the backlist. So my action is as ever schedule and block out time to write. I already do this most weekdays, but I also need bigger blocks of time, um, you know, for fiction in particular, when I have fewer meetings. So I kind of want to, and I've done this already for January, February. So January, I've got a lot of recording interviews and things. And then February is is empty. And then I kind of want to do that. I know March is going to be super, super busy with London Book Fair and uh, various other things. So again, April probably be empty and do that um, across the years to try and batch whole months almost. But of course, intellectual property assets are not just books. My podcasts are part of my body of work and they generate income as well. So I'm committing to both shows in 2020, the Creative Pen podcast and Books and Travel podcast. I will be doing both of those for the whole year. A big thank you to my patrons on Patreon at this point. You guys are incredible and you particularly fund the solo episodes uh, shows like this one. and. Um, So if you're listening and you found the show useful in any way over the last year or however many years um, and you'd like to support the show for just a couple of dollars a month, you'll get an extra Q&A audio every month. Go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash The Creative Pen. And again, thank you to everyone who does already support the show. And some of you have done for many years. So I appreciate you very much. Also, thank you to our corporate sponsors, Kobo Writing Life, Ingram Spark, Draft a Digital, Publish Drive and Find Away Voices, all of whom help us make an income as creatives and help us get our books into the world. So this intellectual property creation goal also impacts my behaviour and my daily choices and also this idea of evergreen. For example, I want to spend less time on social media because it is a great way to connect and I still love Twitter in particular and I like putting pictures on Instagram occasionally, but it does not feed into my goal of creating intellectual property assets. So um, I need to reflect on my behaviour each time and go, right, am I, is this feeding into the goal? 
Number three, I license intellectual property assets. So I, I mean, obviously I license my books at the moment to lots of different places, but um, going to Las Vegas and uh, talking about a lot more to do with licensing um, with Dean and Chris and uh, WMG folks was was really interesting, helped me think about what I want to do. So um, I love doing a lot of the things I do. And I often try experiments like the books in German, for example, um, but I just don't have the time. These things take a lot of time and I don't have the time. I need to be ruthless about what I want to achieve in my life. And um, so translation, I will license books in translation. I will not be doing any more uh, with the AI first draft and all of that type of thing. It took so much time uh, and it's frustrating when you don't understand the language. So I will be f- I will be focusing on licensing books in translation and have a tentative plan, depending on what goes on this year, to attend Frankfurt Book Fair as an exhibitor in 2020 and will be pitching foreign publishers with a catalogue from Curl Up Press, which is my uh, small press. Um, so that's the first thing. I, I'm not doing any more hear me, hear me and pull me up if I try this again. I just get too excited about stuff and like, oh, that sounds fun. And then I just head off into a uh, random project. Um, yes, I certainly did not plan to do AI translation uh, for German, um, but hey, whatever, it's happening. Uh, so, but 2020 and onwards, I will be licensing. Second thing, I will be hiring narrators uh, and or licensing my fiction audiobooks. So I will continue to narrate my own non-fiction audiobooks. But fiction really does require different skills. But more than that, and this is really interesting. I... I really thought that I would be able to do it, but I have discovered that my JF Penn persona is quiet and she does not want to speak. And when I come in here into my audio booth, I can't get into JF Penn. And I've said before, you know, Joanna Joanna Penn is talking to you now. Uh, Joe Francis Penn talks on the Books and Travel podcast, but JF Penn with fiction, <laughs> she just doesn't talk. She's just very quiet. Um, and no, I don't have any kind of multiple personality issues. It's just, you know, if you write both fiction and nonfiction, you'll understand there are very different mindsets for these different types of writing. And because I do so much podcasting and nonfiction in this space, I just can't seem to switch over. And I'm clearly not going to build another audio booth. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Um, so I've decided that I will uh, continue to work with professional fiction narrators and I will keep my time for producing more work and narrating non-fiction. So I feel in a way I'm I'm a little um I'm slightly disappointed, but also I feel like it frees up so much more time um, that I think this is the, the right decision. I will also license for film, TV, gaming and other subsidiary rights. And it's very it's very hard to say I will license, but you've got to put these goals into positive language. So I will license for film, TV, gaming and other subsidiary rights. And of course, we all want this and it's impossible to make a definite plan, but you have to uh, aim high. And uh, so that's my plan. So the action is to optimise Curl Up Press and pitch appropriate places with books, series and ideas. 
Like many introvert writers, I would much prefer it if rights deals came to me. And of course, some have over the years. But the authors who get more deals are the ones actively pitching because publishers and agents are not just sitting around waiting. Well, in fact, you know, they, they are spending their time dealing with pitches and some of those pitches are great. So rejection is inevitable, but the more you pitch, the more you learn and the more likely you are to get a licensing deal. So uh, I'm determined to be more proactive with licensing in 2020 and this decade. And finally, number four, embrace curiosity about the future of creativity. So one of the things I really enjoyed the most in the last few years is delving into the realm of the adjacent possible. And I've linked to a great article about that. So the possibilities that could occur if technology continues on its present trajectory. Um, so the 2010s brought us mainstream digital publishing, podcasting, mobile and internet business and all the tools we need to thrive as independent creatives. It has been a disruptive decade Uh in many ways, but the 2020s will be even more so, and that is for sure. Those of us who've done well in the last 10 years have embraced the tools of the moment to expand our businesses, reach more readers and make more money. And in the last year, I've talked about how AI might impact authors and publishing, as well as the rise of Voice First. And I intend to continue learning more and sharing the journey with you. Some people have suggested that I might like to start something separate for those people who continue uh, to want to hear about this, but I'm not going to. It will just be a segment in the show as ever. I think that... um, I think everyone should be learning about this stuff and I'm very happy to be the conduit by which you hear about it. And obviously what I talk about is not necessarily going to happen. It's just this idea of the adjacent adjacent possible is what I want you to consider, um, which is, okay, if this is true, if this is true and this is happening, then what might that potentially lead to? And that's what I'm really thinking about at the moment. So the action there is that I will continue to attend events for AI and tech niches outside the realms of uh, the author community. And I will read books and I will listen to podcasts and audiobooks and I will share what I learn here. And uh, I will create a landing page for AI related topics on the Creative Pen so that um, people can find the various things over time because uh, I think this is going to be super important going forward. Right, that is enough from me. Let me know what your goals are for 2020 in the comments on episode 468. Go to thecreativepen.com forward slash podcast. Go to episode 468 and uh, add your comments in the show notes or tweet me at thecreativepen. And if you write things down, you will be accountable so we can keep each other accountable in the year ahead. Okay, so next week we return to the usual podcast segments and in keeping with the theme of uh, some of the things I've been talking about around 2020 and my own um, goals, we will be talking about financial independence, retire early, so the FIRE movement for authors with Brad Barrett from the Choose FI podcast, which is a great show if you want to learn more about money. So um, happy writing. Happy New Year, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes and show notes available at thecreativepen.com forward slash podcast. 
You can also get your free author blueprint at thecreativepen.com forward slash blueprint. If you'd like to connect, you can tweet me at The Creative Pen or find me on Facebook at The Creative Pen. See you next time.